Hi, this is Rob Moratti, and you're listening to Michael's Record Collection. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where we normally talk about great music with the people who make it or the people who love it. And in this instance, it's just going to be me who loves it today. And I'm going to be talking about a lot of great music because this episode of Michael's Record Collection is dedicated to my favorite music of the year 2022, my calendar year end awards. And um, we're going to go through all of the various categories like last year. But this year is going to be, I think, one fewer category, maybe two, streamlined a little bit. And my awards are a little bit different than everybody else's rather than pick one you know i'm i'm one of these rare americans who doesn't mind a tie i don't really have a problem with uh, seeing two things as equally good i know that in sports most of the american sports have done away with ties and they have they have you know various different cute little ways to decide the outcome of a game whether that's some kind of overtime rules or or shootouts and things like that and you know I, I think we've lost our ability to objectively say these two things are just as good as each other there's no reason one of them has to be better than the other and so my awards generally have two winners uh, and I've had three in the past I've had categories where three sort of finished equally at the top for me so if you're new to Michael's record collection and my year-end awards and this is the only only the second time I've done year-end awards while you're going to uh, maybe not like the fact that I can have two winners, but uh, there is at least one category where I only had one winner. So let's just get into it because that's what you're here for. You're, you're here to find out. The only reason that you're still listening to this podcast is you want to find out what I had to say about the best music of 2022. And a lot of it's going to be different than some of the lists that you've seen out there uh, because I everyone has their own opinion, their own musical biases and that kind of thing. I, I tend to gravitate toward uh, hard rock, metal, progressive rock. Uh, I do like a lot of pop and uh, I've dabbled in in many other areas, but uh, you won't you know, you're not going to have any rap music here. You're not going to have any country per se. And, uh, you know, it's not that. I don't have any interest in anything in those genres. It's just that I'm I'm staying in my sweet spot. The stuff that I like is the stuff that I like. So let's get right into it. And I want to start out this year with best debut albums. Now, in you know last year, the the best of 2021, I started off with a couple of non-album tracks, and I really didn't have a lot of those this year. Most of the tracks that came out were attached to an album that came out in 2022. So there were a couple that came out early the year before and you know they were ended up being on albums uh, from 2022. So and that one I just did away with. I felt like it was a a waste of a category. Last year I had Billy Idol's Bitter Taste which is from was from an EP, not a not really an album track and uh, I had Tears for Fears as the tipping point which was a song that was released well before the album. And 
I had a couple other them. Men Without Hats uh, did a, sort of a remake of the safety dance, but they called it No Friends of Mine. It was sort of a reimagined version of the 1982 hit. And that was just a one-off release. And uh, then there was a pre-album re- uh, pre-album release uh, track from D. Virgilio Morrison Jennings called Julia. And that album is came out in 2022. So, you know, it's, it's just a problematic category. So it did away with it. Uh, let's get to debut albums and my debut albums this year. This was a good category and were tough ones to, to leave out. And and that's kind of that way with all categories, really, if we're being honest, but I I went with uh, my two selections are uh, the debut album self-titled from both of these are self-titled debut albums, Kings of Mercia and Envy of None. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, Kings of Mercia is a band that essentially was put together by Fate's Warning guitarist Jim Matheos, and uh, he brought in Steve Overland from the British hard rock band FM, and he's on vocals. So St- Steve was on the show, by the way, in episode 81. So if you want to go find out more about this record, you can certainly go back to episode 81 and um, check that out. Joey Vera. The bassist from Fate's Warning, also a member of Kings of Mercia and uh, outstanding drummer Simon Phillips. Uh, so those four musicians, obviously very, very talented. The music's very good. And I think that I, I just love it to death. I love this debut record to death from Kings of Mercia. Uh, if you're looking for top tracks, well, my favorites from the record are Wrecking Ball, Humankind, Set the World on Fire, and Everyday Angels. Those are the ones that have kind of stuck out to me the most, but there are no bad tracks on the album. It's really good. Envy of None, the uh, co-winner in this category, is the new, I guess I guess it's a band. I guess you would say it's a band. It's a project anyway, uh, from Rush guitarist Alex Lifeson. And the self-titled debut album for Envy of None came out in 2022. And just amazing, amazing music.
I was so happy to have this out because it it introduced me to an amazingly talented vocalist in Maya Wynn. And Maya actually was on this show uh, in 2022 as well to discuss this record. And she came on episode 67. So you can go back and find out all about it from her and, and get her perspective working with Alex uh, Lifeson, also Coney Hatch bassist, Andy Curran, and multi-instrumentalist Alfio Annabellini. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. But uh, that is Envy of None. Uh, check that out. Maya Wynn, episode 67. Steve Overland, episode 81 of Michael's Record Collection. Find out more about those records. But those were my favorite debut albums from 2022. A, a fun category for me is new discoveries because there, I think none of us have enough time to get around to all the bands that we want to get around to. We We don't always hear about bands that are from other countries until years after they've come out. And so there were two that stuck out to me this year in the new discoveries category, uh, one of which I was unaware of until this year, and one of which I had heard of, but I had really not heard any of their music. And the first of those was Australian rock band Dead City Ruins. put out a terrific album called shockwave and i just i can't speak highly enough of shockwave and and the job that that the band did on that record it's um it's just amazing it's it, when people say rock is dead they just have no idea what they're talking about you go and find it it's not as easy because it's not in your face it's not being pushed out to you you have to actually do a little digging uh, but Dead City Ruins is worth it. And this is a band that's been around for a few years and they've had a couple of previous albums, but you know, they had had some lineup changes and things and the new lineup just knocked it out of the park. I had Tommy Kane, guitarist uh, on episode 83 to talk about this record. And to me, the, the standout tracks, they're, they're all standout tracks, but especially Preacher, uh, Vision, Speed Machine, Rain, Spiders, and the sorcerer, I know that's a lot, but I love I love the album so much. I didn't mention uh I should probably mention Envy of None. Uh my favorite tracks were Liar, Never Said I Love You, and uh Old Strings. Uh the other band that I was a new discovery for me this year uh was House of Lords. And House of Lords also has undergone some uh lineup changes over the years. And I had Jimmy Bell, the guitarist 
from uh, House of Lords was on the show, and he was on episode number 85. So he talked about uh, House of Lords' wonderful 2022 release, Saints and Sinners. He also is a member of the band Autograph. As you'll recall, the, the 80s hit Turn Up the Radio. He is now a member of Autograph. They put out an album this year as well. So Jimmy was on episode 85 to talk about both of those. And I couldn't speak more highly of House of Lords' uh, Saints and Sinners album. It may not be their best album, but I really didn't delve into House of Lords when they were, you know, when they were a new band. And and so my favorite album tracks were the title track, Saints and Sinners, Mistress of the Dark, Avalanche. Those are, are the ones that really stick out to me. think you can't go wrong with this record. So uh, those were my two discoveries of 2022. It would be really great if you would check them out, go stream some of their music, maybe buy it if you like it. Uh, you may know these bands better than me because like I said, I just discovered them. They were new to me in 2022, even though they were not new bands. That's a, a category I really enjoy having. I think more, more outlets should have that uh, as a category is just new to me. <laughs> uh, and these, again, not debut albums by any stretch of the imagination. They've been around a while, uh, but my favorite new discoveries of 2022 covers albums. There really weren't as many covers albums out in 2022 as there were in 2021. And there's, there are reasons for that. During the pandemic lockdown, uh, a lot of bands couldn't tour and a lot of bands were obligated to put out albums. They had albums they needed to check off their their uh, contracts with their record companies, and they didn't want to waste original songs on records that they couldn't go out and tour and support. So what you got was a lot of tribute albums. Several, like there were several Led Zeppelin tribute albums last year. Uh, you've got a lot of cover albums last year, but now that bands are back on the road and they have been for a while. We're not seeing as many covers albums as we did. So I only have one in this category this year because there was one that stuck out to me. And that was from former October Project lead vocalist, Mary Fall. Mary did a great covers album called Can't Get It Out of My Head. Uh, Mary came on the show, episode number 71, to talk about it and give some background on Can't Get It Out of My Head. And, and this was a, not only is it a song from the record, which was the ELO cover, of can't get it out of my head, but also these were the songs that Mary could not get out of her head and, and kind of shaped her musical tastes. So 
title of the album or the title of the album yeah has, has multiple meanings and i'm i'm just amazed at her voice and, and what she did with these she made these covers her own uh, they're still very recognizable as the songs that they were originally but at the same time uh, she's really put her own stamp on them in a, in a nice way so i think that it they're they're close enough to the originals to where people aren't going to get upset and hate them uh, because I know some people you can't mess with a song or or they'll just automatically hate it. And at the same time, there's there's something a little bit different. So I always feel like a cover song should have the spirit of the original and you should do something with it that makes it yours. And I think Mary did a good job of that. My favorite tracks from Can't Get Out of My Head are the title track, uh, her cover of Rolling Stone's Ruby Tuesday, Tuesday Afternoon, the cover of the Moody Blues song, and her cover of George Harrison's Beware of Darkness. Those are my favorite tracks from that. Moving on. <laughs> that was it. My covers of the year. Cover album of the year, I should say. That'll bring us to best female solo album. I do have the two categories, best female and best male vocal albums or solo albums, I should say. Uh, and uh, these solo artists put out fantastic records this year. And the best female solo albums that I heard this year, and there were a lot of good ones, are from two, I think, relatively young and, and up-and-coming uh, vocalists. And one is Shez Kane. She's Welsh, and uh, she has now mount her sophomore effort called power zone uh she was working with danny rexon from the swedish rock band crazy licks and it, it really puts together a great sort of 80s vibe album i mean the music is like a mixture of many things you've heard in the 80s but it has its own sound and and shez is a fantastic vocalist she was on the show for episode 80 and talked about this um at great length and a little bit about her background and stuff so you can check out episode 80 and find out more about Shez and her music and this album specifically.
Uh, my favorite tracks from this album are The Things We Do When We're Young in Love, Rock You Up, and Love Gone Wild. I think those are the three that stand out to me the most. But again, not a bad song to be found. Uh, the other one is very recent. It came out in December, and yet it really captured my imagination. It's from a Serbian vocalist named Nevena, and Nevena was working with Michael Palace, who has his own band, Palace, and he wrote the songs. She sang the songs. She sang them fantastically. You can check out episode 91 of the podcast and uh, or the video on YouTube with Nevena. And uh, it's it's one of the most recent ones, so uh, it will be easy to find. But Nevena's voice is good. The songs are very, very strong. Uh, my favorites from the record, Bulletproof, Bad Sun Rising, Straight Into Madness. Those are the first three that hit you right off the bat. And uh, U2 uh, is another good one from a little deeper in the album. Those are the ones that really stand out to me. But again, no bad tracks here. Nevena, a, a Serbian vocalist who has, uh, she's living in Boston. She's been in the U.S. for a few years now. So uh, talking to her, you scarcely know she's from somewhere else. She's, you know, doesn't have a thick Serbian accent and a uh, very lovely voice. And uh, it was great talking to her. So uh, Nevena and Shez Kane are my female artists of the year for their solo albums and uh, very excited to listen to those for years and years to come. All right. Uh, that brings us to male best male solo albums. Uh, again, these were, you know, that, that sort of that rock eighties rock style, but yet it doesn't sound dated in the eighties. So I think anybody that likes a, you know, good rock music with, with good vocals and, and excellent playing. I think we'll like these albums. One of them comes from Tommy DiCarlo and that's uh, an album called dancing in the moonlight. The day I saw you, my beautiful lady, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. And I could not dream of being together with you.
Tommy uh, is has been a, a singer with the band Boston after Brad Delp passed away. Tommy uh, stepped in and filled in there. And, and this album has some songs that sound like Boston songs. And he's, you know, he grew, I think he grew up as a, a Boston was one of his favorite bands. So, of course, he is going to have that sound ingrained in him. And I, I don't think it strays into the copycat category. Uh, but I do think these are it's it's an album full of very, very strong songs. I wanted to have Tommy on the show, but Tommy only does phone interviews. So uh, it made things a little bit difficult. So I, I wasn't able to get him the songs on this album. I mean, I it would take me less time to tell you about the songs that I don't think are the strongest than the, the ones that are the strongest because they are it, it's a very consistently high quality album throughout. Dancing in the Moonlight's a great song, Change Our Fate, Beyond Forever. Life is just a game and no surrender. Those are the, uh, the standout tracks to me. And uh, my other uh, finisher in this category, other finalist or other winner, I should say, is by uh, Dennis DeYoung's guitarist. Dennis DeYoung's guitarist is August Zadra, and he came out with his, his debut solo album this year. Zadra is, uh, is the name that he's put it out under, but it's, it's basically him. And uh, the album's called Guiding Star. These lines are deep and wise. This life I can call my own. And all the lessons my father gave, I now bestow. Looking back, I got no regrets. I learned to right the wrongs. And as I look into my children's eyes, I feel I finally know. Through the years and the memories, all the laughter and the pain. Given the chance to go back in time, I would do it all again. Will you remember me when all is said? He was on the show as well. He was on episode 54. Talk about Guiding Star. A terrific solo album. And um, you can really hear the Sticks influence uh, and the Dennis DeYoung influence on, on his style. But again, I think he does his own thing for the most part. And I'm going to say that probably my favorite track on the album is Take My Hand. But again, very strong album top to bottom. All right. Let us get on with some of the bigger awards that are coming now. <laughs> uh, I joke, these are kind of category awards. And what I mean by that is just style, style category awards. And, and that's because, you know, I mentioned my favorite styles of music. And so that's where most of my energy goes in terms of listening. And, you know, I'll listen to anything, but the stuff that I always come back to the most hard rock and metal and progressive rock. Those are the things that I always come back to. 
And I have categories for those. And I'm going to start with hard rock and metal. I cannot believe that any list has left this album off this year. And that is Impera by Ghost. It's just, quite frankly, the best heavy metal album all year long in the year 2022. just a, a tremendous release from them. And ghost has been one of those bands that's kind of lurked in the background for me that I've heard a song here or there really kind of dove into them last year. And then this album came out and it, to me, it's the best thing they've done. And I think ghost is, uh, is just going to get better and better. Some of the lyrics are a little eye rolly, especially on the older albums to me, uh, because you know, the embracing the whole, you know, <laughs> satanic thing, it's just not, not something I'm I'm too into, but uh, the music is so good. And I think they toned down some of that stuff a little bit as they as they've progressed. Uh, my favorite tracks on the album are "Spillways," "Call Me Little Sunshine," uh, "Hunter's Moon," and "Griftwood." Those are the ones that I, I kind of come back to. The co-winner in this category is Def Leppard, "Diamond Star Halos." This band put out an album this year that, quite frankly, I didn't expect quality this high from a band that's been around this long but every year there's a band that surprises me some legacy rock band surprises me with a great album and, and Def Leppard wasn't the only one to do that this year I mean there were there were other bands that came out with albums that you know they haven't haven't been uh, necessarily high quality throughout their career and they've been around a long time but they put out great albums this year and what another one I could think of off the top of my head is uh, Queensryche. Queensryche put out a really good album this year, uh, Digital Noise Alliance, DNA. So I'm going Def Leppard, Diamond Star Halos with my other hard rock metal category uh, finalist uh, or winner, co-winner, I guess you'd call them. I, I, I guess they're finalists because they're both the winners. I'm not afraid to 
favorite tracks on Diamond Star Halos. Well, Take What You Want is fantastic. Kick. And even though it's not, it's very decidedly not hard rock slash heavy metal, this guitar with uh, Allison Krauss uh, helping out on vocals is a great song. I do think that for me, I would have probably gone solo album material for that. I mean, it, it's the thing about Def Leppard is that they've been around long enough to know they could do whatever they want, and they do. And so there's not a tendency to say, boys, let's make this album sound cohesive and make it all, you know, not necessarily the same, but at least in the same ballpark. And so there's some songs on this record that are not, they don't feel like they fit to me. So even though uh, I have have it as a co-winner, maybe a more consistent album stylistically might have, uh, have really pushed that into my best albums category. And it was in consideration. So uh, congratulations to Def Leppard and Ghost for the hard rock and metal category. Progressive rock. I love prog rock. There's no question. Genesis is my favorite band. I love Yes. I love Dream Theater. I love Rush. I love Pink Floyd. So basically anything that's stylistically a little different and challenging and maybe a little out there, maybe sometimes using instruments that are not traditional rock instruments. Uh, that stuff interests me and anything that's a little bit more complex or out of the ordinary, uh, always seems to pique my interest. So progressive rock bands, I just continue to buy their records and, and, and follow that genre very closely. And there were so many good releases, so many this year in that category. And it was really, this one to me was the hardest one to, to narrow down. And in the end, the two that I chose, I could have had five in this category really easily. Uh, the two I chose, uh, one of them is from Spock's beard and project keyboard player, Rio Akimoto. Uh, he doesn't put out solo albums very often. In fact, this was the first one in about 20 years. Uh, it's called the myth of the Mostrophus. And uh, Rio came on the show for episode 70 to talk about this one, but uh, uh, just an amazing album. And uh, he leaned on a lot of his um, Spock's Beard bandmates and his Project bandmates to provide phenomenal uh, musicianship. 
and just uh, really an album that Rio should be proud of. I, I just can't speak highly enough of this record. And my favorite tracks are Mirror Mirror, The Watchmaker, and the title track, the 22-plus-minute epic, The Myth of the Monstrophus. Rio Akimoto, congrats on a great album. The other is uh, a great album by Marillion. Marillion put out a record called An Hour Before It's Dark this year, and uh, this one is a really stunning record. And Marillion, I mean, most of their records are pretty stunning. But this one is is better than probably the last several, I would say. They're best in a while. And my favorite tracks on here are Be Hard on Yourself, Murder Machines, and The Crow and the Nightingale. Although uh, Sierra Leone is fantastic. And Care is fantastic. Just, uh, like I said, an amazing record. And Marillion is, continues to just surprise and delight every time they put out a record. Congrats to Marillion and Rio Akimoto. Best records, best albums, I should say. This is the one of the granddaddy categories. And so, uh, you know, we've we've heard from a lot of people uh, with their 2022 lists. And now you're going to hear mine. And I've got two uh, co-winners for this category, one of which you've already heard of tonight or already heard about a little bit tonight. And that was Envy of None. Envy of None uh, put out their uh, self-titled debut album on April 8th on K-Scope Records. Again, Alex Lifeson, Maya Wynn, Andy Curran, and uh, Alfie. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Alfio Annabellini, I believe, uh, is the the full name. Uh, I don't, don't quote me. I butcher names all the time. Uh, but I think this is a great record, and it, it was so good that I put it as my co-winner for Best Album this year. Nothing inside 
The other one is from a legacy band. And if you're paying attention last year to my uh, non-album tracks and my songs of the year, you would know that I, I very highly value the title track to a band's, uh, the band's album called The Tipping Point, and the band is Tears for Fears. What an amazing album. What an absolutely astounding, amazing album the tipping point turned out to be. When I got uh, to hear the title track in, you know, last year, I thought, man, this is a great record, a, a great, great song. I can't wait for the record. The record came out February 25th on Concord Records, and every song on it is is at least extremely good. And most of them are instant classics. I just can't speak highly enough of this record. It's, it is for sure one of the best records that the band has ever released. And it might be my favorite. It is really neck and neck with The Hurting, their debut album for me. I like it that much. I went to see them play it live, uh, or at least the vast majority of the album they played live, which was a really ballsy move because a lot of bands don't play many of their new songs they'll play one or two maybe they'll kick off a a show with a couple from the new album maybe they'll only play one or two from the new album these guys played a lot of the new album and although they didn't get the the huge ovation at the start when they were introduced as you know the classics like shout and things like that uh, or when the you know the crowd wasn't used to them so they weren't you know, like into it from the first note, you know, they didn't like, uh, you know, scream and recognize it immediately. But I will say that the people that went to the show that I went to in Tampa, uh, by the end of each song, they were, they were hooked on these new songs. They, they worked live and they worked really well and, and people, you know, responded to them. And I think that more legacy bands should have the confidence in their new material to play the new material. And, and yeah, you might not get to play one or two of your former hits and maybe somebody that has never seen you before goes home disappointed because they didn't see their favorite song. But I really think that you would be more relevant if you would just play your, your latest record and, and promote the latest record and, and let those songs become classics and let those songs become someone's favorite. That's what I think, but I'm just one guy. What do I know? So I would say, uh, yeah, the tipping point and uh, envy of none my albums of the year for 2022 congratulations to tears for fears and envy of none on just a couple of powerhouse records uh tears for fears uh 
you know, there's so many good songs on the record. It's, it's kind of like, you know, going back to that Tommy DeCarlo album, there's so many good songs on it. It would take me longer to tell you the, you know, the ones that I gave a five star to on, in my iTunes, it would take longer to run down that list than the ones that I didn't give a five star to. And uh, so I will tell you that no small thing and the tipping point and long, long, long time and my demons and rivers of mercy and master plan are all very high on my list for uh, not only for the songs I enjoy from this record, but also from the songs that I uh, enjoyed all year. <laughs> that's that's how much I like this this record is all of those songs were in contention for my best songs category, which is next best songs. This is the last category. You've made it. <laughs> Hopefully it hasn't been uh, too bad because it, it's always difficult to do these when it's just me. At least when I have someone to talk to, that other person can can bear that burden of being the interesting one. When it's just me, you know, this is what you get. So best songs. I'm going to go back to the Marillion album, An Hour Before It's Dark. Uh, one of my songs of the year, Murder Machines. This is a song written about the COVID-19 pandemic and in the, the lyrics are so poignant and just absolutely crushing, uh, crushingly emotional about, um, you know, putting your arms around someone and then killing them because you got close to them and you had the, the illness and you passed it along and, and how, just how devastating that is. But beyond just the lyrical content it's just a really great song and and steve hogarth sings the crap out of it just an amazing performance and so murder machines is one of my uh songs of the year my other song of the year you may have guessed it comes from the tipping point from tears for fears and it would be i think it would have been a big cheat to go with the title track tipping point because it was my one of my songs of the year last year as a non-album track. It was still, it was so good that even without the, the album behind it, it was one of my two favorite songs of the year that came out in 2021. Uh, but it was on an album in 2022. So it, it would qualify and I could use that. But when I got the tipping point, the music was so strong from start to finish on this album that there were so many that were neck and neck. I found it pretty easy to just pick another one off the album because there are several that are right there uh, alongside each other. So this Tears for Fears 
uh, song that I picked, and it could have been any one of the ones I just mentioned a few minutes ago. It's Master Plan. Master Plan is my co-song of the year for 2022, along with Marillion's Murder Machines. Uh, and just again, an amazing song by Tears for Fears. It's sung so well, tremendous lyrics. I just can't, I can't stop talking about the tipping point. That is just such a great record. And I, when I went to see those guys live, it was the second time I'd seen them live. Uh, just the emotional response that I had to these seeing these songs perform live was very surprising. I mean, it's, it's not surprising when it's an old song that you love and you've loved for 20, 30 years, but when it's a new song that's just come out within the last year and it can have that kind of effect on you, you know, it's a special song and a special album and, and tears for fears really hit that out of the park. So there you have it. We're, we're through my categories. Those are my best uh, of 2022. I hope you enjoyed it. I will give you some honorable mentions to leave you with. Uh, go to michaelsrecordcollection.com and there are links to everything there. All my social media is there. You can uh, you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Records and it's Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, you can also find a link there to sign up for my free newsletter. The Michael's Record Collection newsletter is how this whole thing started. It comes to you once a week. No spam. I won't give out your email address to anybody that all stays private and you get a little bit different perspective. It's more album reviewish uh, with some quotes from some of the artists that I talk to, uh, but it's not, uh, it's not necessarily, um, you know, a conversation like normally happens in the podcast. It's, it's really more my thoughts. So, um, you know, that's, it's a little bit different slant on the same topic, if you will. Uh, also, there's a link there to my Patreon site. Uh, I'm not going to give you a hard sell. Just there's different levels that you can go and check out. For as little as $2 a month, you can find out how to uh, support this independent endeavor. And, uh, you know, like anything else, the, the more support you give, the more you get back. So check out, uh, you know, some of the packages and, and what you get for them at the different levels. And if, if you feel like supporting me, that would be much appreciated. And that money just goes back into the show anyway. So you're just creating a better product for yourself for later. So uh, I will leave you now with some honorable mentions from this year. Uh, there will be more in the newsletter than, than what I've got here. I'm still putting the, the newsletter article together, the 
uh, for this week. And so here they are. These are other albums that were in strong contention this year for awards. Didn't quite get there, but so good. All of these are so good. And again, you know, before I run down this list, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, glad to have you along. Uh, hopefully 2023 will bring us this vast amount of great music that 2022 did. And uh, here are those honorable mentions from this year. These albums are all very, very, very good albums. And uh, let's go through the list. Uh, Alan Parsons from The New World. Great album. Band that I just discovered this year called Crash Diet. Put out a, a great album called Automaton. Uh, that one is something I recommend you check out. Like If you like sleaze metal or sleaze rock, it's uh, a really good, good example of that. Uh, D. Virgilio, Morse, and Jennings. I mentioned that their song Julia came out as a non-album track last year. Uh, this year, the album came out, Troika. Fantastic record. I highly recommend it. It was definitely in the... It was in the running for a couple of categories, but it was really a hard album to categorize. Not really a, a, the progressive rock album that you would uh, expect from Nick DiVirgilio, Neil Morse, Ross Jennings. It was uh, a really top-notch record. A band I didn't know about called Fans of the Dark put out a great album called Suburbia this year. A band called Fortune put out an album called Level Ground that I liked a lot. Frank Turner. Uh, FTHC was the, his release this year. Fantastic. Getting back to progressive rock and one of the albums that was up for the, uh, for the award in the progressive rock category, Galahad UK band uh, with a, a great album this year called the last great adventurer. You're going to hear more about that record on the next episode of Michael's record collection from a couple of a uh, couple of the guys in the band. I talked to Stuart Nicholson, uh, and Dean Baker. So uh, you will you will get to hear more about The Last Great Adventure very, very soon. Uh, a self-titled album by Generation Radio. Really like that. A uh, band called, and I'm probably going to butcher the name of this band. I've been calling them Ginevra, but I'm not absolutely sure that's the correct pronunciation. They put out an album called We Belong to the Stars. Check that one out. It's really good. Imminent Sonic Destruction. I spoke with Tony Piccoli, the uh, guitarist and lead singer from Imminent Sonic Destruction earlier this year uh, in one of the back episodes. You can find that, find out more about that. Uh, the Sun Will Always Set is the name of that. It is it is very good progressive metal uh, with a lot of influences, and uh, this is their best record for sure. Lana Lane, I spoke with Lana this year. There's a terrific new album out called Neptune Blue in 2022. Uh, I recommend that. Lonely Robot, uh, which essentially is um, John Mitchell by himself. <laughs> it's essentially John Mitchell and a drummer. Uh, John is uh, such an amazingly talented guy. And Lonely Robot's A Model Life is a great album. And I talked to John this year as well. You can find that episode as well. Uh, again, if you go to michaelsrecordcollection.com, you can stream any any episode of the podcast there. Uh, Palace. We talked about Michael Palace being a guy who uh, helped out Nevena with her, with her debut album and, and a great debut album. It was, well, Michael Palace is a very talented guy. His band Palace put out an album called one for the road, the number four. So like, <laughs> uh, one is spelled out, but four is the number four. I don't get it, but it's a great album. 
uh, Porcupine Tree, um, very strong album closure continuation as Porcupine Tree reformed to put out a new album in 2022. It was a little uneven for me, but it was the good. The highs were very high. You know, it just wasn't consistent enough for me to to put as a winner in that category. Although I've seen a lot of people put Porcupine Tree in their top five albums of the year. So uh, check out Closure Continuation. Uh, Robert Berry's latest uh, band called Six by Six put out a self-titled debut album this year, and it is really good. I recommend it. Six by Six is the name of the band and the name of the album. Uh, another band that uh, came out this year on Frontiers is Skills. I had Hanon Zanta, the lead singer from Skills, on the show to talk about uh, the debut album, Different Worlds, a very, very good record. Uh, the Tangent, another very strong contender for progressive rock uh, category. Songs from the Hard Shoulder was the album that uh, they put out this year. I talked to Andy Tillison from The Tangent. And you can find that episode of the show as well. And uh, that obviously that video, all of these people that I talked to, you're going to have a video on my YouTube channel as well as the, uh, the podcast. And uh, one that is really different from anything that we've talked about tonight, uh, in this show is the self-titled debut album from Wet Leg. And this, this is not something that I... I'm normally into a lot of indie pop. I do like some. And I think that this singing style for me isn't quite unique enough. I think that there's a lot of, I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people sing uh, like the vocals on Wet Leg. And it doesn't sound like anything new and fresh. But I know a lot of people are very excited about this album because it's on a lot of people's best of lists for 2022. And it is very good. Uh, it just wasn't quite, you know, to that level where I was considering it for uh, like as a finalist for an award, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. So check that out as well. And that'll do it. That is my best of 2022. I hope you enjoyed finding out you know, what my picks were this year. It's just one man's opinion. I'd love to get your feedback. What did I miss? You know, tell me what some of your favorites were. You can send me an email at Michael's record collection at gmail.com. Uh, let's have some, uh, let's have some fun. Turn me on to some music that I might not have heard of this year. There's just not enough time to get to every record. Uh, there are tons that I'm aware of that I just haven't had a chance to listen to, but I will be putting together a title playlist of my favorite songs from these records that we discussed here today. And, uh, then when I do that, I'll, I'll push that out probably through my social media so you can find that. And, uh, and that, that will be an, uh, like a sort of a living, breathing, playlist that as I discover more music from 2022 that I hadn't previously gotten to more music will be added to that playlist. So, uh, check that out, uh, on title when I make the announcement that it's available, uh, or I was on Spotify, but I've switched over. The title likes to give the artist a little bit more money and the, the quality of the stream is, is much higher. So, uh, I found title to be more to my liking than Spotify, uh, so far. So, it's just my opinion. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for reading the Michael's Record Collection newsletter. I hope you all have a very uh, happy, safe, prosperous 2023. Happy New Year, all. Everybody who's followed, subscribed, become a Patreon supporter. I, I just am humbled that you spend your time with me, listening to me, watching, reading. It means a lot. 
I mean, you know, everybody wants their voice to be heard. Uh, so if I just reach even to just a few people, it's, it's worth it to me because this is fun. This is fun for me. And, uh, I'm glad you're along for the ride, but thank you so much. Be back to talk about Galahad very soon. That's going to do it for this episode of Michael's record collection, which by the way, is episode number 92. I didn't mention that up top. But that's where we're at, 92, going to hit 100 this year, and that's pretty exciting. Thanks to those of you who listen to the Michael's Record Collection podcast. Thanks also to those who watch the video, and thank you to those who read the newsletter. We'll see you next time. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>